So I've been thinking about a way to start this pod, and it's going to be one of my favorite words from one of my favorite people who is actually back on the pod today. Smitty is with us, and that word is gang. <laughs> Dude, I had to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, welcome into the podcast. Obviously, we have Smitty with us, but we also have Matt and Breezy. How are you guys? What's up, boys? The boys are... I wanted to start this podcast out with the boys are back in town as a theme song, but, you know, that would have been a Copyright lot of Copyright stuff. No, I'm just kidding. No, not really. We could have done it. Maybe we'll do it. Yeah, maybe, Who knows? Who maybe knows? That's what, maybe that's what you heard on the intro. <laughs> it could be. We're back in Red Bank, baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. Studio we are. Hey. St- hey, by the way, Jay and I were talking today on the phone. This shouldn't be Studio A. This should be Studio J. Yeah, 100%. I was yeah. thinking that. The yeah. fact that my name rhymes with it, but my name is actually a letter. Yeah, it's perfect. So that it has to be like that. So what are we doing today, boys? We are talking returners. No, I'm sorry. Excuse me. We talked returners last time. We are talking new announcements, new arrivals, not just the returners. So that's really exciting. When Matt and I kind of went over how we thought returners were and like we were excited, who we were, what we were excited about, how we thought they were going to play, that was cool, but it's a little bit of a rehash of like how the last couple years have been. Um, and so the, like, it's fun, but it's different. There's a different energy when you get a new player that's never put on the blues before, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. true. And I don't know if it's the same for y'all, but once we got through the holiday season, it's like, okay, uh, what am I doing here with my life? And oh, then- I have hands, it, what do I, what do, I right? do? It's been this, the past, <laughs> you know, I guess week and a half or so, we're getting like a roster announcement like every other day. And, the, it is, and then five- filling the itch. The five in a week was, uh, was I don't, was have we good. ever done five days in a row? Do you guys' memory? No. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. That was that was cool. That was really cool. We haven't we haven't done it long enough, you know, for that to happen, I think. <laughs> we used to, Remember, we used to it used only to be drop just, rosters. Yeah. Though. An entire roster for right. a game. It's Remember, the, like it's for, the IPSL kickoff, opening match, and here's the roster. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for or for like Dallas and Atlanta and stuff too. They had social media announcements for those, which were in fifteen and or sixteen and seventeen or whatever. The, yeah. d- the day before the match and then like three different players came in anyway. Yeah, always. And I'm sure there will be... So how many players are we at total? We're at 12 players announced? And we'll get to the announcements, but like we're at 12, right? We are at 12 players right now. That includes eight players originally announced as returning, plus five new additions from the past week. And if your math says that's 13, you would be correct. Uh, we have, since the original uh, announcement of players uh, returning, we have had one retirement. All right, let's go straight there. Uh, Jimmy Two Phones, James Kasak. Happy trails, brother. We're gonna miss you. I don't. We think are gonna miss you. I don't think. I think you might be too cool for this podcast. I'm not sure you'd ever listen to uh, us talk about it. But man, that's a it's a bummer, man. He's yeah. Our offense wasn't great when he wasn't playing great. Yeah, that's for true. Mo- for most of the season. Yeah. Um, he had eight primary assists and a goal, right? Uh, or nine primary assists. I think it was nine. Like he was a he was a monster when he was on, and I was really looking forward to seeing him play another season. But uh, this is a hard this is a hard man's game. This is not a high paying job, and I don't know any I don't have any inside information here. But I would bet he's just ready to start real life. Um, he definitely said on our podcast that this wasn't what he was expecting. Um, just like soccer in the lower leagues wasn't what he's expecting. Nisa wasn't what he was expecting. So I don't know what he sure. was expecting, obviously. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's going. Like a lot of guys have, like Ian McGrath did last year. Hey, I'm I'm out. I'm going to real life. So yeah. happy trails, man. We'll we'll miss you. And I am nervous for the left footer, left footed, left sided defender uh, position because I that was a starter. Let's in pen save that part of the conversation for a little bit later. Uh, and so the reason I mentioned the twelve, and I just think this is important. You're going to see, I think, based somewhere between twenty and twenty two pros. Um, that's a, an educated guess there. Um, but based on roster building, that's what seems to make sense. That means between eight and 10 more announcements of professional players, most likely. We might see five a week over the next two weeks and be done. But Or most likely, I think you might see just them trickle in now, one or two here or there. And then we might see three or four happen, for example, if they invite guys into preseason and sign guys during preseason. You know, like get them into camp, let them play against each other, really see and yeah. be sure who they want to sign. So, yeah, I'd imagine there'd be a handful of core guys that they're already working on that will be announced and then maybe we'll have a bunch of trialists come in in preseason and make kind yeah. of some of those maybe backup position spots. Exactly. Or maybe they they'll wait on a couple of positions and got to hope it's not striker that they can <laughs> they can make some positions 
of where they go, okay, we think that there's, you know, this is the best available player we can get. And maybe it's at a position we even already have a player, mm -hmm. but they might have, but we have a little money left over or whatever else. We're going to go after somebody. Um, like kind of how like Sean Reynolds fell to us in the COVID year. We only played one game. He was never supposed to be here, mm -hmm. but it was too good to pass up. Yeah. Right. Maybe we get another player like that at a position um, and that would be cool. So let's go, let's go in order of announcement. Uh, first player announced Frankie Martinez. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide. So Frankie, Frankie's <laughs> an interesting one. Uh, he was he was at LA Force previously, uh, previous to Stumptown, I should say, uh, for the for the uh, 2020 fall campaign. It was uh, smart not to go to New Amsterdam, even though he's from New York. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's a center back. Uh, he likes having a good keeper behind him. <laughs> he likes having a keeper at all, <laughs> and not an actual uh, a human pumpkin like a spice. Kool Aid man. <laughs> human pumpkin. Human spice. pumpkin spice. That's actually really good. Uh, that's very. That's I won't ever be able to see those clips and not think that. No. <laughs> he looks like a pumpkin. He does. So, and I, I bet you he gets all the squirts of sugar in his coffee. Moving on. Uh, Frankie Martinez was uh, the captain of Stumptown. Um, was, Which I think Ross that's captain all year, and he was the first player announced. I think those two things are significant. Mm -hmm. And with Frankie Martinez, I'm sure people that have paid attention have noticed, and everybody listening will begin to notice a pattern where he came from, <laughs> yeah, and where the head coach comes from, and etc. So Smitty and Jay, Matt and I talked obviously about the returners. Like, let's let you guys have the first crack. What do you think of Frankie? I actually, don't know that much. Um, yeah, I like. From watching Frankie last year, he was always very stable in their back line. He was filling in a lot of gaps. I know Colin would step out quite a bit. Um, Frankie would kind of fill that space. He's also really good on the ball, which is very important for us. I think that's going to be a theme. That yeah. will also be a theme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's how we're going to play. Yeah. So pairing him with Spunky, you've got probably the two best ball playing center backs in the league. Um, which is really exciting for Shout what we can Spunky. do. I know, I love Spunky. Have you guys been keeping up with Spunky's Instagram? Yes. Dude, he's hey. training hard. QBED, and, and, baby. Right? Or GBED, excuse me. It looks like a Q when he, and he writes it. Get better every day. <laughs> By the way, one of the, one of the other guys uh, either has a sponsorship deal with them or something because uh, one of the other new guys had that posted in their stories. And I was like, oh, what up? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting better every day and he's petting his cute-ass dog. Oh, he does, have a, he does have a cute dog. Spunky posts more pictures of that dog. Uh -huh. and, and I love every single one of them. Yep. So I'm I'm very excited for Frankie and and what it can mean ball retention wise. Does it make you nervous, Smitty, that he's a right footed player that may end up playing at least how the roster is currently constructed on the left side of defense, not at left back, but at left center back? No, that doesn't really bother me a ton. Whenever you look at elite ball playing center backs, um, it's not uncommon to have a right footed on the left hand side. Think Sergio Aguero. Excuse me, Sergio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, he would have been a good center back if he chose to. That dude could do anything. Imagine trying to run through those legs. Yeah, no, dude, you couldn't. Exactly, you couldn't. He at would. All. He would have. He would have been Gary Medell, but like much more stout, right? And an inch taller, <laughs> <laughs> or a foot taller. Uh, what's his name? Real Madrid now. Ramos. Sergio Ramos. Yeah, we know Sergio Ramos. Um, so he was. He's right. He's right footed. Always played on the left hand side. Currently for Chelsea, you've got um, Rudiger. Um, that That's plays that similar similar position. So and, it's, and it's very right footed. Yeah. So as long as your offense does depend. Hello. Yeah, just don't touch this connection here. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I have to get you a new XLR. This wasn't in there. All right, keep going. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> so. As long as you're not depending on, you know, long pings from your from your left sided center back as a part of your build up, then you should be pretty good. Cool. What, uh, what do you think, Matt? Uh, By the way, I I think I agree with all of that. Yeah. Normally, normally I'm the kind of person that wants to see a, a left footed, uh, left center back, just because when you're when you're making the pass out to the to the outside back, if if you play it with the wrong foot. You know, you're curling the ball. Mm -hmm. the, the the closest pass is to the defender, as opposed to the way where you curl it around around that that defender's. And smart attackers are going to recognize that you're playing and your right it. foot on the left side. Yeah, and, and, but yeah, here's and guard the, properly. here's the thing: Frankie can play a ball with either foot. So can Nick Spielman. Yeah, 
I don't know which. Hey, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe Nick Spielman ends up on the left side. Yeah, like uh, we don't. Maybe I'm wrong there. We're not going to know who's going to going to end up where I, at this in the, this point in time. Sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I know that was a trait that Fuller valued a lot from mm-hmm. his left sided center back. I think defensively, I think what you said is defensively, it makes a it's a bigger deal mm-hmm. because if you're not great with the ball, and so you're therefore you're hitting longer pings over top, or you're trying to make the pass out wide and you're not great with your feet. So maybe yeah. you need to, you need the, it to be an easier rollout mm-hmm. and you're just trying to defend with that left foot, getting out, getting out, getting out. It's probably a much different style of play. Just like you said. Yeah. And that's how we progressed the ball last year. We got the ball to Jimmy two phones and yeah, and, you know, he worked it up um, or we would switch play. Um, but if I would assume that we're going to have a lot more ball progression through the midfield this year. So I would think just, so. Yeah. It, reduces the need to have a left footer on and a the lot side. a lot more short passing most likely right as opposed to longer passing which by the way nick Spielman and frank and frankie can both hit a good long ball um, so you want to have that ability right keep the defense right. honest but you, we all know that jay hates a long ball <laughs> i don't hate a long ball i hate he hates a long throw <laughs> and i don't hate i don't even hate long throw-ins i hated the play that got us to the long throw-in and how that was repeated constantly anyways a different, <laughs> i think we can move on yeah next, next, next player i think that is midfielder alex mcgrath oh man uh jay do you have you watched his highlights at all or i have tell us what you think about him. i'm 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 excited i'm i'm glad that we're adding a midfield player and you know i think we're adding a, a decent lineup or a good depth in that area mm-hmm. which i'm happy to see and after watching him play a few times i found some stuff on youtube and uh i was really impressed so i'm really excited I I I just like the style of play that we're going for with Rod's system, and I understand how he fits in that system after watching some stuff, and I'm really excited. This uh, that's a very Man City fan thing to say, <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, you're not wrong. I agree with exactly what you said. Um, I am. If you put my list of top players for this offseason coming out of Stumptown, uh, if I had thought that Alex McGrath was an option. He's top three guys. There's yeah. basically three guys that I, I would have wanted. Yeah, uh, Reese Williams would have been the top of my list, uh, and he's already been signed by the assholes up north. And um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> good to get for them. He'll be great in the championship. He'll be really good for them, um, and good for them. They they're going to need to step up talent, and he's very very good. Uh, he would have been number one, but he got signed. Alex McGrath would have been number three, and a guy that we're going to, spoiler alert, Colin Stripling later would have been my number two. So we got two of my top three guys off of Stumptown that I like the most. I'm really, really happy about that. And I like Frankie, Martin, uh, mm-hmm. Frankie Martinez. I just He wasn't in my top three. Their midfield I really liked overall, Stripling and, and Alex McGrath. I just didn't know Alex McGrath was an option. Uh, my understanding was that he was a fo- foreign player, therefore he was not eligible to play um, because I didn't know that he could get a visa. Uh, which you know we've obviously had trouble with before, mm-hmm. but apparently yep. that has changed. I think he's got uh, either a fiance or a wife, and and that's his status has changed. So they could they could register him. Is my understanding based on his lurking his Instagram? <laughs> 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 yeah. So and if you're a new signing and you just heard that, just know that that happens well before you even get signed. That happens as soon as you follow the clubs, and I'll follow the club too early. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. maybe don't have your family or friends follow them either, because we will find out. <laughs> don't have anybody follow, because there will be sleuthing. Just, yeah. just get, no, off we don't social, sound, get off social media now. <laughs> we don't sound creepy at all, or weird. We're not four dudes locked in a spare bedroom talking about how we stalk players' Instagrams. That's not weird at all. Um, I do think there's another interesting thing before I go to Matt and ask him how he felt about this, this signing. I love a play, players that are good with the ball, and I love getting a little foreign um, like flavor back into this. So one, one thing we didn't have the past few years besides Juan was any foreign players. And um, it used to be used only, to be only foreign, foreign players. players. Topher was absolutely a foreign player. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I miss you, Topher. Topher Marshall, shout out uh, our only foreign player, except for Juan the last few seasons. But I think that it was, I think that it's when we were playing a, more similar to how Bill Elliott played with much more ball retention and theoretically with more short passing the foreign influence and this is these are big generalities but the foreign influence is key because those guys are oftentimes much better technically and alex mcgrath is both better technically than than most guys and an incredible athlete too he's just a really good soccer player and sometimes you're one or the other and that's they can be effective do you know where he's from england well yeah yeah but like do you know where no i don't say that's a Rather large country. I mean, not really. It's it's, it's pretty literally small. Alabama. It's I mean, an <laughs> island. It's we, actually Alabama. But there's it, there's you know tons of places there. I didn't know if you knew what city. Uh, well, about. we fought a war, so I didn't have to. 
1776. Jesus uh, Christ. What, <laughs> isn't, he a, isn't he a Sunderland fan? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so he's probably from the north. But either cool. way, I, I like him athletically, and I like him as... I'm very, very excited. I would be shocked if he's not starting for us and not a key player. Yeah. 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 The but. answer is uh, Durham, by the way. Yeah. North Carolina. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Matthew, thoughts on, on Alex McGrath? So uh, we actually had Alex McGrath in... Uh, into he just well actually me in like a way that I shouldn't actually be able to be well actually. <laughs> I think so. We we had Alex McGrath in in tryouts uh, back in back in uh, 2021, the beginning of the season, uh, and it was before it was before we knew anything about uh, about what what foreign players uh, we were going to be even allowed to have um, on on a, at amateurs or whatever whatever else it was. So we liked him a lot. Uh, I remember that pretty well. He he stood out. Uh, but we weren't able to we weren't able to do anything, and then we had filled the roster by the time that basically stumped had it even started. Uh, and it's it's crazy because he was one of those players added the, at the last second to that Stumptown team that was really good in the spring. Yeah, and he was so, a big reason for that because he was really really good. I I love I love the way he he picks up the ball in midfield and can drive it. He plays really good combination play. Uh, he's got an eye for goal and something that Matt talked about in when, when Matt and I nerded out about how we're going to play he plays that wide position he's able to play the the eighth that goes all the way out to the wing if he chooses mm-hmm. to he's very mobile and that's a really nice wrinkle to be able to have if a guy is slower maybe they have to stay central a little bit more because they can't recover and he is very mobile he's able to cover a lot of ground and he can go wide or stay in and that makes him very dangerous I think in a Rod Underwood system yeah 100% agree uh, I mean, he's, he's a good I mean he can play as you know, be be that kind of defensive aid at times, be on the touchline at times, and then and then get high and be in, be in a goal scoring ten uh, when he needs to be, and that kind of versatility will matter just from the run of play uh, in in terms of how we're going to play. You know, guys passing, moving, and ending up in different positions, just recycling, um, and 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 he he's tough. Like he was, I was really impressed with him uh, from from game one. Stump Town in the Legends Cup. Yeah, and positional versatility is something that you're going to hear us talk about a, a lot. Because we've all spent too much time with Peter Fuller. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, also, but also, it is important. Yeah, so, you know, listening to Rod's um, interview that he did um, with you guys, which you guys crushed. Um, and I'm still so jealous. Yeah, he's. A, I've listened to it like three times. It's so good. It's very Man, good. You guys, you guys did such a good job. It was a lot of fun. Well, I, we'll, we won't go down this because you need to go listen to it. I forget the episode number, but I'm sure Breezy will find out. It was just um, a few ago. Yeah, but yeah, it was fun talking to him about about that system, about how he runs sports, but also just like about him in general. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, and I mean, we find out in that podcast that he's a pep disciple, and something that right. pep values is not. The position that you play in, it's the part of the field that you... It's the space you occupy. Right, that you occupy. So it's more about a role than it is a position. So having guys like like Alex, um, and we'll get into a couple of more um, in Mm -hmm. a little bit, they're a similar mold because they're going to be able to play in a similar, uh, similar type of role maybe on different parts of the field, but it's going to be, it's going to be good and it's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that was episode 47 that Jay referenced. Nice. Um, And seriously, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that because I think if you listen to that, then you listen to Matt and I blather on and then you listen to the returners in this one, you'll get a pretty good idea, I think, of what to look for. We might be wrong, but you'd at least have an idea of how we're thinking about the season, how it's coming up. Speaking of players with positional versatility, Ian (laughs) Saro. Yes. So um, have you guys seen, and I'm asking people at home because I know everyone in this room has, but have you guys seen his highlight video, Dear God? So this is- if Which you guys one? Know, I, found, uh, I found two. I mean, just the I mean, one from one, last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. For, for In Chicago? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, or yes, I have seen that one. If you want a little peek behind the curtain, anytime you send Smitty highlights, he won't watch them. He'll watch the first 15 seconds, and if something good doesn't happen, if it's 15 seconds of music and, and just like a-, a a like pay, panel where they tell you like who it is. He's like, I'm out. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch like your first two goals because it's always goals at first, and then <laughs> it, when it starts getting into possession stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm done. But, uh, but I watched Ian Sarah's <laughs> entire video, which is huge. I think it was like five minutes or something That's like awesome. that. That's the nicest thing he could say about you. Yeah, and normally <laughs> when I'm watching highlight videos, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this has been five minutes already. And it was like 45 <laughs> seconds. So, um, yes, I'm very excited about Ian. Why are you excited about Ian? 
similar to Alex. He's a tricky player. Like he, he can do multiple things. He's got good delivery into the box. He's good at making runs into the box. He's good at moving the ball um, with, you know, with passing or dribbling, which is going to be huge this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Having that, having that tactical versatility to play in different spaces on the field is going to be ginormous. He's probably a little bit more of a half space player than a wide player, which yeah. is going to be good because that's going to free up, you know, whoever is on that left hand side, um, or that right hand side, or right hand side to to fill in that spot. Is it is it fair to say that when you you said you were talking about the difference between the position and the space you play on the field, that with these last two that we've talked about, that we're adding something that we haven't had for a few years in that space, skill wise. Like talent level, uh, I mean, I think I think McGrath and and Saro are similar. A return to the kind of like, like I'm not I'm, I'm gonna use the generalities of foreign again, like Breezy did, but like mm. kind of return to that like foreign technical NP- NPSL. How, how we played before we were professional, yeah, right. I, which I is mean, not which is not necessarily a shot at like no no the guys that have been here. It's just mm-hmm. it's a different style of player. Right. And so a lot of those players would not have been great. Alex is a, the, I think Alex is the. Is not is the exception. I think Alex would have been great in a Peter Fuller system. Oh yeah. I don't know if Ian Cero would fit great, and I actually have some thoughts on Ian Cero here in a second. But I, I'm not sure he would fit great in a Fuller system. But I think he's in a Rod system. He he's going to be very interesting. And we were talking about the eights. So if the eights drift wide, and mm-hmm. we play with wide eights, which is something that Man City does a lot with Bernardo Silva, who can drift, Kevin De Bruyne, who can drift. Right. Mm-hmm. You can drift in or out. Those are two players that can do that. Uh, Fiorentina's currently, my favorite team's currently doing that now with two eights that are allowed to play. And so they drop in a lot when the fullbacks push up. And yeah. when the fullbacks push up and the eights can drop in, it provides a lot of, like you guys said, versatility. And in those half spaces, those little combinations, those mm-hmm. whatevers, that side of the field, everybody's f- more free to get forward and play as opposed to having to stay really, really disciplined because the guy can't cover back. Oh, right? yeah, it makes total sense. You end up getting, you end up getting, you know, six attackers on four defenders and then it just opens up. And still being able lot. to keep defensive shape because mm-hmm. guys can fill in and rotate. Yep. Before, Breezy, before you talk about uh, your thoughts on Saro, I also want to mention he's from Colorado. Uh, but he's spent some time uh, but, playing professionally in Argentina. But he's basically Argentinian, so it's another. It's another. <laughs> I'm giving him credit for being Argentinian because he brought Mate in his video. So he's, if, you're carry, <laughs> if you're carrying Mate, I'm giving you the stamp of approval. That's amazing. <laughs> Jay, do you have any thoughts on Ian? Uh, no, I kind of already said uh, when I interjected. I'm just excited uh, with the pieces that are being put together to to see his style of play and I'm ex- I'm just really excited to see it out on the field. Yeah. So point being is this guy has some different experience than just a guy who went to college here and that's not like a shot at anyone who just went to college here but it's sure. interesting. That's a different backstory that might bring a different style of play. And uh yeah, I'm so I'm interested in how he fits. Um I'm he's the player I'm actually least sure about. He's the player I've watched the least of. Um but I did notice that some of the reaction online has been like really like, oh my God, I can't believe Chicago let him go or I can't mm-hmm. believe like, and that makes me really excited that maybe he's just a player that I'm not very familiar with um, and he's the only left footer on the team and I think that's really indicative of something that w- he's going to play if he remains, if we don't sign more left-footed attackers or left-footed midfielders, he's going to play a lot because he's going to be able to fill in roles differently than other guys uh, having that left foot to use uh, as a dominant foot. So Yeah, and if, if Rod's... Love of Pep goes deep enough, he may end up playing, atta- <laughs> at, yeah, attacking players as a as a defender. So, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of attacking players who might play defender, uh, next player that was no, in that- I, I want to go, I want to go. Okay, sorry, go. T- Matt t- wants to go. Oh my bad, my bad. You're a jerk. Uh, so I want to point out that Saro had three goals uh, in like twelve games with Chicago. Let's only talk about two of those. Uh, we need to talk about all three because they were all game winners, yeah. including the one against yeah, us. We like, don't. No, we don't to. have to talk. We, they already put that in the highlight package. Hey, shout <laughs> yeah. out whoever did that. Fuck you. Don't do that. About how to break down that's, watching that. That's out. the one where you have your finger ready to go on the over arrow so you skip past it really fast. Well, here's the, five seconds, here's five the problem. Times. I was like, there's no way they're going to put his goal against us. as the f- Oh, it's the first highlight. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks, guys. I that, mean, in fairness, it was the it was it was a good goal the best it was a good goal. the best goal of the three it's a it's a really good goal and it hurts still so i'm glad he'll be not doing that against <laughs> us anymore yeah um i i think so he's gonna be an interesting one like he can probably play uh 
is, is one of, like probably the left side of of the left side at eight. I Which by the way, that's where I think his best position is based on the little bit I know mm-hmm. about him. I'm that's yeah, where I'm also most excited we saw to see Alex him. McGrath play a lot on the right. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we'll also see. Uh, I, I I bet we'll see him get looks at as, as kind of the two attacking players underneath the nine. What like the the winger tens as I call them. Probably, I mean, like he makes a lot of sense on the right side. But he could also play on the left as an inverted. Like he's mm-hmm. he's good with both feet. Uh, but Smitty, and, you said it. He's currently the only left footer. We just lost James Kasak to retirement. If I had to fill out a starting lineup right now of the twelve players we have, Ian Sarah's playing left back for me. Well, fortunately, you're you not don't. filling out starting lineups. <laughs> but, we have uh, a few weeks. But if you but if you if you think about it, his his the the attacking qualities and the athletic qualities that he has mm-hmm. in the type of system that we want to play, heavy yeah. in possession, little little Zinchenko vibes here. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, I'm in. I think it'll be like if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, which we are. Let's let's do it. Also, don't forget Rod's name on Twitter is Cut Inside. <laughs> so don't think that he won't he won't think about playing and I'm not saying he's going to but don't think that he wouldn't think about playing right footed and left footed players on your outs your outside backs and then inverted wingers because uh-huh. guys that are going to cut inside so yeah sure don't or inverted outside backs yeah you never oh god listen I don't think Joel Kinsella is walking through that door <laughs> yeah but Ian Serrell might play right back uh, now this many just said that <laughs> play Tate at left back <laughs> let's go okay uh, with that terrifying thought of, of inverted okay let's, let's put let's put down the gym Smitty. <laughs> Smitty's the only one not drinking a Red Bull right now. Um, okay, Matt's not drinking a Red Bull either, but that's because he Matt is a Red Bull. You're <laughs> drinking a Red Bull. I chugged mine 30 minutes ago. <laughs> you, you killed a 12-ounce Red Bull in like 30 seconds? Oh, that's light work, and it's not good. <laughs> and I'm fully aware that it's poison in my body. So next time I'll get him a 20 ounce. I won't get him a 12 ounce. Uh, no, no. My form of self control. Self. My form of self control is literally only drinking an eight ounce. That's all I can do for self control. Otherwise, I'm screwed. So. I, I hear that there. Uh, very similar to Ian Saro in the guys who are very positionally. Um, diverse in the positions they've played. This guy might even have played more positions uh, than anyone else on our roster now that Hoff is gone. And that's Travis Ward. Yeah, Travis Ward from Stumptown. Uh, He played for, you know, he actually played for Michigan Stars starting out uh, in 2020. Fun fact. I did not know that. Yeah. That is news to me. Uh, How did I not do that? How did I not figure that out? He has a banger of a goal against Oakland Roots. Uh, from the beginning of, from the beginning of that season, uh, guess, well, the second game, second game of the season for for them, um, before before the COVID shutdown. Uh, so Travis is an interesting one. Uh, in in interviews, Rods said that he signed him originally as uh, as an outside back, and he said this in wide, you guys' interview, wide midfielder cover. He said mm-hmm. this said this in your interview, which shocked me. And yet, why was it shocking to me, Matthew? Well, because. He played one game of outside back all year, and he played as a striker for most of the. Yeah, so so let's go. Let's go back. How to tall the, is he? He's like six two. Yeah, he's not small at all. So let's go back to the Legends Cup, where he played predominantly as the left sided eight, as a right footed player, uh, and and then mostly through the spring he was playing as the left sided eight as as a right footed player. And I'm not saying he was bad at it. I'm just noting he, that he was a. I think he played left-footed. one game in the Legends Cup as a left back uh, because Reese Williams was playing right back that day in his natural position. Um. And then, you know, some some players you know came and went at Stumptown during the during the summer break, and he I mean he had a couple goals in the spring, and they just moved him up to striker because they didn't have anyone else, uh, and and like listen, Stumptown's offense was was what it was in the fall. Uh, well, let's 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 dive in a little bit to that. So they were pretty trash offensively. <laughs> Um, I know Rod said, oh, our expected goals should have been better. And we can talk a little bit about that towards the end of this, because um, I think we know where those expected goals tally came from now. Um, but I so I don't I think it's pretty clear, at least in my mind, uh, Travis Ward's a, above or right at replacement level at worst. And this is not a shot, at least a decent Nisa player. Right. He's played a lot of games for Stumptown. Mm-hmm. He's not a striker. And if he's our striker, no. it's a it's a problem. That being said, if he is cover at left back and right back which is wild to think because i i wouldn't have envisioned him as that that's cool that's good uh if he's coming off the bench in any of the positions that topher marshall played that um color coleman played that hoff played both starting and coming and off the bench like those are also good positions and he can also start it looks like at the eight or the ten so he's got a lot of 
versatility. And for that, I really like the signing because I know that outside of striker, and no offense, outside of striker, he is replacement level at worst, which means a decent NISA player at all those positions. And that off the bench or starting, but off the bench is really, really valuable with a guy that can play all those positions. Yeah, three goals and three assists in 29 matches uh, for Stumptown. So he's, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know where... Um, I think a normal, I think a normal human being uh, that's not uh, that's not drink a twelve a twelve uh, twelve ounce uh, pep bowl. Yeah, you see what I did there? A pep bowl uh, would no, would probably you need to, you just need go to ahead and your thought process just go ahead that, and just please. go ahead and put him in at, at left back because uh, he is because he can play he can play outside back. Yeah, so I. I would be interested if we don't sign like James Kasek leaving throws a wrench monkey wrench in all of this because when Matt and I talked about this like I, we both agree that James Kasek your nailed on starter at left back yeah and he's gonna play like ninety percent of the minutes I mean or not, I'm sorry ninety minutes a game excuse me, every game so now who's gonna play those minutes on the roster currently it's Ian Saro or or Travis Ward I think now I hope to God we're signing some more players it's only twelve players yeah, for, so. for the record we're gonna need but I, I, I think we're gonna need players I think we're gonna need a, a real actual Left legitimate back. left back um, because hey, I, because I think, I think you're having, you can have some fun with Sarah and Ian, if you happen to be listening to this and you're like left back, like what are you guys doing? Just roll with it, man. It'll be fun. Um, but ultimately, ultimately I think we're going to, it's pretty good pep talk right there. Going to trust Matt pep talk. <laughs> you call this a pet bull. I'm going to, I don't know what to do with you. I would not waste this a perfectly good red bull by pouring this on you, but yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm cautiously like I did. I had, Travis Ward is not one I saw coming. He wouldn't have been on my list uh, out of players out of some town. But once he was announced, like I thought about it some more, and it just makes a lot of sense. It makes a ton of sense. Uh, Smitty and Jay, do you guys have thoughts on uh, on Travis Ward? I think you guys covered them all. Yeah, same. I'm I'm not extremely familiar with him. So, cool. uh, last player that was announced last week, the player number two player on my list and. Uh, of players I would have liked out of Stumptown when we immediately looked at the roster as soon as we knew Rod was going to be the coach, Colin Stripling, the guy, I mean, who I really, really, really like and I think is going to play a lot of minutes. And Matt and I have some disagreements here, so we're going to get into those in a minute, I'm pretty sure. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but Jay, Jay and or Smitty, who wants to go first and talk about those guys? Yeah, this is going to be guy, the one and only time that I mention this. Um, so I'm going to get into it now. Um, I'm excited to see how Colin progresses. Um, because the main highlight that I remember of Colin um, is is him trying to trying to defend Damien. Um, so I would imagine going up against him every day in practice will help iron out <laughs> um, um, his his positioning. Do you think Damien would give him his soul back or no? Oh, he's a sweet boy. Of course he would. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Probably no. How about Colin his lunch is, money? Colin is very very good. How about his lunch money? That that remains to be seen. Oh. Because he roasted him on that play. So, I'm not, so I'm not, I'm not done with good. that play. It was very good. If you guys don't remember, it was the it was the own uh, the own goal that that Damien uh, forced. Right um, as right as the announcers were saying, this is a this is pretty boring. It's going kind of slow. Yeah. <laughs> Just bing, yeah, absolutely burns him. Yeah, it was, we, we it talked was about a that with very Rod. very good play from Damien, and then he you know. Colin had was just unfortunate to be the guy defending him on there. Because hey, now da- he gets Damien now he gets to go against him every day. I know it's going to be good. Yeah, I like um, that point, but. Colin is a very good defensive midfielder. Um, kind of how I was talking about earlier with Frankie, like Colin was the guy cutting out a lot of play, a lot of counterattacks. That's why he was in the position to be defending Damien wide right. Um, so he's going to be good. One of our key things that we talked about last year, who our midfielder is going to be, who's going to play where. We ended up moving defenders into the midfield which worked for us, but not always what you would prefer to do. Yeah. Um, so also the opposite of what Stumptown did and what Rod did. Rod moved midfielders <laughs> to center back, including right. Colin. Colin played some games at center back. He played one game, at uh, back. and he played games at the eight. But if you go look at it, watch his highlights, he lists himself as midfielder, center back. He lists he lists center back as one of his positions, which I, I find interesting. I don't think he's going to play a lot at center back, but I think that gives you a little hint that he values uh, defense as part of his game, like Smitty's saying. Mm-hmm. Jay, do you have thoughts on Colin? I think it's cool. I'm reading about him. Uh, he played at Monmouth, and then he went to FC Tucson uh, for like for their first season of USL, and then he was um, with Greenville after that. But it says here that he was also a part of the Seattle Sounders U23 squad, which I believe we played in, at home. 
2017? Was 2018. he 2018? 2018. It would have been 2018. Do you think he was on that? I don't know. I wonder. I why, do remember playing them. Though. I, I wonder. Can, if they, I can find out, but I'm. I, don't, I won't know right now. I wonder if they that would be a random side note. That's not important. I would think they mentioned that because of that, but I don't know for sure. But I just. I, I feel like they might have mentioned that because maybe he had been here before. Uh, interestingly, he won a championship the year that he was with Greenville in USL League One. They won the championship, and I think that's interesting. Uh, I like guys, I think winning matters. And I think mm-hmm. one thing we didn't do a lot of last year um, is win. And so uh, getting guys that have won before is important. Um, it's not, it's not certainly not the top thing on your list, but it's a really nice bonus when somebody's going to bring that to the locker room when they've won, they've been there, they've done that. I mean, look, you know, very, very, very different, but look what Tom Brady did in Tampa Bay, right? Like he goes down there and he just instills a winning culture immediately. I'm not saying Colin Tripling, Tom Brady, but there's values there's value to bringing in guys who have won before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they understand it. They've been there before. Well, so the you have players who haven't been there who breathe, yeah. kind of go off of that. They understand. Yeah, like, especially for young players. Look at Damien. Yeah. Like, he's he's a young guy. Like, I'm not saying Damien's won a state title in Georgia, but can you know can he be taught things by pros who have won titles too? Like, I, I just think that's a, an interesting part too. Yeah, he's 27 as well, which I think is an important age because that's when you're in getting to the prime of your career. And when we think about how our roster has been compiled recently, there's been a lot more on either side of the spectrum. Yes. Um, so having somebody and the, you know, and winning something before is, is huge. Like you guys have already discussed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matthew. I think, I mean, I think Colin's a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I, he was, he was absolutely up there for me as well when it came to, to players I wanted to I wanted to go get and make make a priority mm-hmm. in getting. Even if Rod hadn't come here, I was interested in Colin Stripling. I was I was on the Colin Stripling cha- train uh long before we knew there was a coaching change. Yeah. Before and you were it was cool. You were one of the people who were like, hey, check out Colin Stripling. And then I watched him and I was like, oh yeah, this guy's good. And then Damien took his soul. And then <laughs> and then I was like And then and then you were like very, very not yeah, for then, like a then, couple weeks. But then I watched then I watched some more highlights and I and I, and I looked at his mm-hmm. pedigree and I and I, I watched a little bit more. Because I was you know, who's gonna be this was before I knew that um you know what was gonna happen and yeah, it was just I I became very interested in him again um before the coach after Fuller got uh, let go, but before Rod had come in, I just started paying attention to who's going to play midfielder here next year. And I, I thought about it, and yeah, he's a player in Nisa that re- always stood out to me. Once I figured out, uh, yeah, that I liked him. Uh, I'll I'll note that uh, Stumptown offensive woes that we've talked about aside in the fall season, he was their leading scorer with three goals in, out of midfield in seventeen games. Now defensive Matt, midfield. <laughs> well, he played mostly eight, right? Yeah. So I, I think. There's a because I think he's gonna play six for us. That's where Matt and I are gonna disagree. Matt doesn't yeah. think he's gonna play the six. I uh, agree with you, Breezy. I actually might be changing my mind on that, but oh, we we, we can we can get there we can get there later. So, uh, the one of the best one of his best qualities I think was a late arriving midfielder, uh, and like like Alex I think had some injury problems uh, during the fall season because they did not play together very much, um, but like so. So tra- Travis Ward and and Alex Mid- uh, Alex McGrath, like as the two eights, they were like they were getting forward. They were they were super involved. Stripling in the stayed, spring, yes, in the spring. Stripling and Odenbeck when when Odenbeck was the right sided eight, almost acted like they were three sixes, uh, for most of the time. And I think I think partly that's because to your to your credit and to your point, Stripling's a little bit more of a six than he is an eight. Uh, I think so. If we were playing in a different system, maybe with like a t- one ten, couple wingers, and then in a double pivot, I think Stripling could be the, the the deepest lying six, and I think he could also do a little bit more of a box to box role, um, but with a focus on late arriving, uh, kind of like Michael Bradley was or Frank Lam- at, at or Frank times. Lampard yeah. at Chelsea. Yeah, so uh, we can we can talk about you or know Frank Lampard at Man City. <laughs> Some Chelsea but, fans are going to be pissed not, off at you. But not Frank Lampard <laughs> at, at New York. Who? Uh, okay, yeah, exactly. So He didn't play at New York. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, stayed, he stayed at Man City for that whole time. <laughs> so, and then he was injured. So one of the, one of the things that... And, and honestly, here, here's, let's go back to the versatility point for a minute. Like, he, yes, he can play the six. Mm-hmm. He can play one of those eight, eight positions. Probably On both like, sides, left a, and right. A yeah. little bit differently, probably, than, than an Alex McGrath or an Ian Saro or Travis Ward or whoever. Yeah. But it, it, gives us, it gives us some more options. 
And also, if you know, if he considers himself to have center back traits, maybe you want to get your outside backs to push even farther, and whoever's sitting in front of your back line fills in at whatever side you're you're counterattacking. You're being counterattacked on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I'm a great player. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big. I mean, honestly, a great week of sign of signings. Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at, for example, uh, that mid, you could easily look at Ian Saro. Alex McGrath and Colin Stripling and go, okay, that that's three players that could play in a diamond tomorrow. Like, which is what uh, he has mostly played. Rod Underwood has mostly coached. Unless, four, three, three. unless one of them's at left back. Unless one of them's at left back. <laughs> and so like, yeah, things, things do get weird from there, but I, I'm very excited. I think Colin Stripling is going to play a lot of minutes and I hope he's incredibly productive for CFC. Uh, that's all of the players. There's one other piece. Hold on. You said a diamond. He did say a diamond. I'm at the bottom of a diamond, a three. Are you? I'm like I was thinking, you know. Oh, a old, full out Bill Elliott diamond. Yeah, the old the old four four Bill. No, I just mean the. Um, I'm sorry. I mean a four four Bill. The four four Bill. That's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's what it is from now on. The four four Bill. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> I do think uh, those two guys fit on a a three man midfield in the one sets and then two eights. Gotcha. I think you were leaning in the direction of talking about. A new coach? Yeah, that's where I was added. going with that. So we did not have, we did not know so, uh, who our assistant coach, or if we were going to have a full-time assistant. And it's pretty clear we have a full-time assistant. Uh, his name is Chris Nugent. And I hope that's how it's pronounced because I've only ever read it. <laughs> and he's English. Yeah. And there's an interesting tidbit that Rod said in you guys' podcast with him. He said, we had our own expected goals model and we should have had four or five more goals. And... Matt and I talked about that on the phone and wondered how he had this data and what they were using. And then it turns out Chris was their assistant coach and Chris is a data analytics guy for soccer. And he runs his own consulting company doing data analytics for soccer. So that he has apparently that's a dope tidbit. And I, and I, so I, I read a little bit on like LinkedIn, which by the way, LinkedIn is just marketing. So who knows for being real, real honest, what's true, Mm -hmm. but it's, he basically said, I have, or or Chris has, whoever was writing it, a proprietary system, meaning he has his own system of expected goals. That does that might mean he tweaked someone else's system 2%. It might mean he has a system that's 20% different. I don't know. But it, the point being is he understands an, uh, analytics. He aims to do it at a high level, not just as an assistant coach, but as a consultant, therefore doing it for others at a professional level. It says he has presented to MLS teams, Premier mm-hmm. League teams. Presented to is an interesting word there. Doesn't mean he got hired by them, but he's got at least in the room, according to this, Premier League teams. I think it said championship teams. Uh, it said MLS teams. It said, I think, college teams. Uh, and he is moving here full-time to be the assistant coach. He works with Rod, obviously, he believes in it enough that he's moving to Chattanooga. Um, and I am extremely excited, number one, to have a full-time assistant, which we have spoken about on this podcast several times. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm also extremely excited to be taking advantage, potentially, of a part of soccer and analytics that is moving very quickly and that is not something that most teams at our level are taking advantage of, uh, at least thoroughly. And so hopefully we that will give us a slight leg up in maybe a way that other teams are not using. And... I really want to get him on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> because because I want to talk some analytics, and I, and I would love to learn, because I'm sure that guy knows way more about analytics than I do, and I feel like I know a, a decent amount, and I would love to pick his brain mm-hmm. um, on this podcast about how he looks at analytics. Yeah, everybody in this room loves statistics in different ways, or maybe we'll interpret them differently. But Well, and it'd be, that's why it'd be nice to, like, instead of us arguing about like how we think about statistics and right. disagreeing, we could have someone that probably knows what they're talking about. Instead of some people that- <laughs> we could argue with a professional. <laughs> well, Matthew, you can sit up and you can sit there and shut up when a professional is sitting in here talking about it. What can happen. Sounds great. Teach that, Just kidding. Teach him uh, how to say, well, actually, to Matt every time. I, <laughs> yeah, I'll have a, have, a little pre, uh, have a little pre-talk with him and be like, hey, man, so well, actually. Uh, so I think, shout out to Chris. Welcome to welcome to Chattanooga if you, if you hear this or if somebody- um, ends up, you know, saying they talked about you on the podcast. I, I'm really excited, uh, both based on his pedigree, just reading that stuff, and based on the fact that we'll have a full time assistant. One of the problems with the past few years is a, was a staffing issue, um, and just an overall time hours to be put in issue. You can only put in a certain amount of hours, and having an additional person, an additional body, you know, that's no shot at Drew Courtney, who did great work, but he was doing it part time. He's a sure. very, very successful realtor, and if you wanted to, and coach, Christmas tree salesman. 
and Christmas tree sale. If you haven't bought a Christmas tree from Drew, you should. Shout out. Because they're great. Shout out. So he had, you know. Does he know any deals where I can get one right now? <laughs> yeah, if you go to the woods and cut it down yourself. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's probably some on, fake ones on sale you can buy right now for next year. So we buy our Christmas trees. Why do you need a Christmas tree right now? Why do you buy a fake one every year? No, I buy one early, so I spend thirty dollars at a two hundred dollars because they go on clearance, and then I don't have to buy a Christmas tree for five years. No, I think his question was, why do you buy one? Why do you buy a fake one at all? Oh no, that's definitely not my question. I don't want to. Oh, okay, I don't okay. want to buy one every year. <laughs> yeah, that's ex- that, well. That's the same reason I buy. Oh, I'm. So. If I ever get a Christmas tree, it's going to be fake one for sure. Hilarious. Smitty, Smitty's a, I'm a Smitty real, goes all in. I'm a real. Just so people, I don't know if I've ever. She just said a real Christian. I thought you were going to say a real Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever seen pictures, but I have one that I put up in the stu- the studio that my wife gave me. It's like a white one, and then it has three ornaments. Oh, I saw it. It's a whiskey bottle, headphones, and a soccer ball. Yeah, it's pretty good. We need to get you a blue CFC ornament to go on that. That is true. So yeah, boys, that's um. By the way, that's a that's a resolution. I believe that's a resolution box checked. Yes, it is. Full-time assistant. That was huge. Hey, so while I was reading over this, I had a question. Uh, I think there may be some people out there who hear us talk about the rod system. Uh, And I know there's been a longer previous pod, but can you you button that up in a few short words? Just so some people that hear what you're saying may hear what you're about to say now. And what we've said this entire podcast may make a little bit more sense. Four defenders, two center backs, a left back, a right back. You're looking at uh, a six, a center defensive midfielder, two eights, which are just central midfielders slightly above the six. Yeah. Uh, then you've got, for simplicity's sake, uh, uh, all the way at the top, a number nine striker, and then two players underneath that number nine. Sometimes they're tens, sometimes they're wingers. Meaning sometimes they play more centrally. Or sometimes they play all the way out on the touchline. Yeah, so and, that, and that, that just cl- depends on where where they wanted to have them start. Think about that classic four three three. Those are and, and that that's the exact layout Matt's talking about. But those two wide players up top may play in or may play wide or may rotate between them. And the same with the two eights below them. They mm-hmm. may play in close or they may play out, which is what we were talking about with Alex McGrath's ability to, to drift out wide and Ian Sarah, we think's ability to drift out wide. And when we were talking about Tate Robertson, who can definitely overlap if he's playing right back, or Richard Dixon, if he was playing right back, or James Kasak, who if he was playing left back, which he's not going to be anymore, <laughs> at least maybe not anything but a public team. Um, I'm just guessing that if he's going to continue playing, it won't be professionally since he's retired. Like left side player may overlap a lot and right side player may overlap a lot. So you have a lot of positional flexibility there, but Rod's teams are not going to play long balls very much. They're going to play a lot of short passing. Mm-hmm. The eights that Matt was talking about, the midfielders will drop and interchange with the outside backs who may push forward. So if the outside back pushes forward, it has, there's somebody that's going to move in and cover yes. where, you, where yeah, he's usually, leaving yeah. the usually. field open. And, and yeah. they may they may push forward together, but they are more likely to, especially if we're playing with players that play wider as wider eights, and that's one of the things we keep saying about Alex McGrath and Ian Saro, you would likely see the their more freedom to go forward for those outside backs because those players will be more in those same positions to play one twos and to recover defensively. And Rod's going to want to keep the ball. One thing he did for the entire time at Stumptown, even with very different players, was take players that were even playing out of position. So midfielders to center back or midfielders or at outside back or outside backs on the wrong side, quote unquote. He made them play a positionally disciplined, not in like a, they stayed back the whole time, but they were always in good positions. They kept the ball. And they recovered quickly in the moments they needed to recover. And they didn't coach defense. He coached positionally, like passing the ball, keeping the ball, and then winning the ball back. And he remember on you guys' podcast, yeah. he said, actually, I keep referencing, he said they maybe did five sessions in yep. the entire year. And he promised that that was on the high side of what they actually did, uh, coaching defense. So I think that's very interesting. And my hope is, and I'd love to transition this into um, kind of how you guys are feeling at this point of the offseason, um, optimism-wise or, or pessimism-wise or whatever. Uh, I think at this point in the offseason, looking at the players he's been able to take, which I would assume are some of his favorite players from Stumptown, just captain, players that played a lot of minutes for him, uh, I think you got to feel good about the roster so far. At least that's how I look at it, so I'll start mm-hmm. there. Like I'm feeling very good about it so far. We are. I'm nervous about left back. I'm very nervous about striker um, because we don't have one yet. Um, and, you know, I hope, I hope we have one soon. I, honestly, I hope it's Marcus. Uh, I... Yeah, Amen. I hope it's I hope it's Marcus, but I like Marcus. We know Marcus can score goals, and I've seen Marcus play. 
So that's a guy that I think would fit in Rod's system really well, but he's not been announced yet. So who knows what's happening there. But other than the lack of a striker, I am feeling very good about this roster. This midfield is very good. The overall starting pieces are very good. And I think we are in a better place earlier on in an offseason than it felt like we were the last two years. Uh, I'll add one more wrinkle and then I'll let you guys talk. Uh, one more thing in terms of positioning that, that you can look out for when it comes to Rod's system is when the ball is on, we'll say the ball's on, on the left left side of the field in the attacking half, uh, really attacking third, you'll see the right back pinch in and kind of become an auxiliary midfielder sure. to help cover and help next some numbers. That, next to that deepest lying midfielder. So if Colin yes. Stripling were playing deepest or mm-hmm. where Richard Dixon played at the end of last season in a 4-3-3 some of the time. So he'll, he pin, st- he'll pinch over, but he'll still have that ability to release and move all he'll, the way to that yeah, right back he'll, spot. He'll be able to, to recover to the to mm-hmm. the wide positions uh, where he would normally be at right back. Let the but field he, but shift. He's, but he's pinched in pretty far. Nice. Uh, so it, even if that some, six shifts that, over to, to cover the left back, because the left back's all the way forward, if the six has to drop in all the way, you that, have another person. That, that right spot. back, how Pep does it, right? Yeah, right. And, right. It, and it's the same thing if, if the ball's on the right in the right corner. You know, the, the left back will be pinched in. You know, it's, be it's re- very similar to like how Tyler Adams would play at times when he was playing as a right back for the U.S. Men's National Team. They've gone away from that. I'd rather not think about that. They've gone away from that kind of style, but positionally, the past couple yeah. of years. But it's the same. It's the same sort of concept. You know, who's going to be pretty good at that? Tate Robertson. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who's who can play who can play outside back and center midfield? Yeah. yeah and Tate, he, Tate might, he might be playing both those positions at the same time. I'm excited. That's I think that's where we're going for yeah. Smitty not to talk, but I'm really excited. I I wanted to change I mean, you know, I'm not talking like from a coaching perspective necessarily. I just wanted a, a change in, in play style, and that's what we're getting is both. So I'm really excited. I'm just I like fresh starts. I like the way Rod is. Yeah, it feels weird to say it, but I'm excited to see like a CFC and Stumptown sort of mashup. I feel weird yeah. saying could that. Could go but really poorly, but could also go really well. Right, <laughs> yeah, especially with the competition that, that we'll be in, and I, I just feel really confident about where we're headed for this next season. Smitty? Yeah, I don't really give a shit how we play. Um, I just want three points on the board. My God. Like, we can play, we can sit back and counter and, you know, butt squeak a one zero junk ball it up when i don't care but like squeak. like i just want to win um so it'll be it'll be different so we'll see um possession can be just as boring as defending yes. so having having that center fulcrum in attack as as a number nine is going to be huge yeah. otherwise we might just be stumped down from the fall yeah. I mean, that's the risk, mm-hmm. right? Like, Stumptown were really good defensively. They kept the ball, and they had no center fulcrum. Right, yeah. And they didn't score. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm always excited. When am I not excited? It's the offseason. Like, it's right. It's optimism time. It's so, I, I do. I want an attacker, preferably two, that, that is going to play in the central role. But, Matthew, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm pretty excited so far. I mean, I don't think you will let's just take the, the five new signings. You know, all five are all five bring me bring me some joy and, and some some hope and, so and you're not and gonna Marie Kondo any of them and, and throw them out? No, no, I, I I like all of them have a logical place in how in how I I think that Rod wants to play. Yeah. Uh for four of them we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen pretty well uh for Rod. Uh, and, and Ian Sierra is going to be also a, you know, a great addition. Uh, it sucks losing, it sucks losing Kasak, uh, but you know, happy trails and wishing the best of luck. And he's always a blue. Yep. Um, and, and, and so now we look at, well, need a left back, uh, need two really, if we're being honest. Um, and yeah, we need, we need a couple forwards, uh, preferably someone that can, when, when nothing's going great, uh, the defenders are, are playing pretty well and, and stopping the attacks. You need someone to just fire a ball at. This, t- this team really needs it needs another experienced attacker, wide or, or up top, either one. Mm-hmm. So a play, think of a player that has scored goals. Think of a Milan Marcus Nagelstad. Or Marcus Nagelstad. Uh, either one of those guys are great, uh, but it also needs a center forward. So it needs both of those, and it needs a left back. You give me two more like proven attackers, essentially, and a left back, a starting level left back, and buddy, I'm gonna start getting real excited. 
Um, yeah, I think I think there's a chance. Is that uh, a knock on wood, Smitty? No, <laughs> there was something knocking on wood. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there, you can also see like let's say we find, uh, let's say we find another another kind of player that can be like an eight ten kind of combo player. I think you know all of a sudden you're looking at okay, well Ian Ciro goes you know to the kind of winger ten category, uh, and and you knock one of those. You just knock knock a player around like these. Some of these players have some flexibility enough. I mean, just just put it this way. But we but we we yeah, maybe, absolutely need a nine. Maybe yes. you want to start Damien out wide, and then Ian or Alex can play as one of the one of the more advanced midfielders. Yeah, or or imagine this like just like think about a starting lineup, and I'm just going to use names, but you think of similar guys. Think about Marcus up top, Malongo on one side, Damien on the other side, and then Alex McGrath, Colin Stripling, and. Ian Saro in the midfield. You then you've got your whole back line, which we've talked about. We don't have a left back there, but let's pretend we did. Pick your left back, or just put Travis there for a game. Like, yeah, give me a real left back. Um, I, I don't want to count on Travis. I don't care if Travis Ward plays his backup left back. I don't care if he plays left back, but I want like a, a real dedicated left back. Yeah. Um, and then you think about Frankie Martinez, uh, Nick Spielman. Listen, we don't know his dedication level. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's uh, I've been owned. Uh, and then Tate Robertson out wide. And then imagine you. I, I just built a lineup with no Juan in it and no Richard in it. Right? Those are two guys that can play their way into it. Juan, we've already talked about. Matt and I have. It's gonna. He's gonna be much better suited for this system. Richard was named by Rod as one of the game-changing players in Nisa. Mm-hmm. So imagine that you're still trying to fit those two guys in. Like that begins to be a much much better fit. Um, than the current lineup we're looking at, and we're, so the pieces are there now. Is it going to be Milango? I don't know, but pick your player that you want to play out on the left or the right. You know, maybe it's Brett Jones. Maybe Brett Jones takes that step. But like, give me another established attacker to play on the left or the right. Shift Damian around either side, and then give me a guy like Marcus, whether it's Marcus or somebody similar that can play up top. And let's go, let's go bang in some goals, and let's like have a coherent like roster build from day one, as opposed to complaining. I mean, honestly, me complaining all year that we were, you know. The giant holes all over the place. Like we're yeah. we're three players maybe away from not being done, but be, the starting lineup being really solid. And then of course you need all the backups because people are going to get hurt. People are not going to play whatever else. But yeah. it Plus, makes me really excited. You know, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but there's always going to be USL Championship cuts. Yeah, and maybe the, a couple yeah. of them. And yeah. it, you know, we picked up you know Kayo last year, which as we progressed through the season became more and more important. Sure. So you know we we. we can and probably will get valuable yeah. players at Later the last on. minute too. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I'm really excited. Uh, it's January 23, right? Yeah, January 23 today. So that's sorry, I just ruined that for everybody. But uh, oh. it's, it's January 23, and that the fact that we're here at this date makes me optimistic. Mm-hmm. We could still end up uh, in a rough place, but after a really tough season last year, yeah, it's just I got a lot of optimism for this. A lot of arrested uh, Twitter fingers from not asking for. Player announcements. That's true. So fast. <laughs> That's true. They, they, they just did it for me. Uh, but I did get on Instagram and, uh, and and definitely made some stories asking the club for more announcements. <laughs> we uh, are we are basically now three weeks out of the when start is, of preseason. When do you think preseason starts? Roughly the fourteenth. Okay. Okay. Well. That's. I think that's all I've got. Do you guys have anything else for this podcast? I think that's it. I think expect a few more podcasts. You know, going rolling into the preseason between now and going into the regular season. I think we're gonna try and get more people on and, uh, and get maybe a some bit. new maybe some new players once they get I here think, in February. I think new players would be awesome. Uh, maybe get some of the old players back for some round twos. I think number one for me is getting Chris. Yes. Uh, after you mentioned that, I, ha- I didn't know about any of that. So hearing that got me really excited. I would love to pick his brain. And like you said, have an actual professional tell us stuff that, you know, and tell, tell us, us how, that we're wrong. And tell us how dumb Matt is about stats. <laughs> <laughs> we tell him that That's every some, day. Yeah, but we, he doesn't listen to us. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be the most valuable an, Eng- an, an English accent and a guy that's professional? Like, I'm pretty sure he'll... <laughs> everything. <laughs> an English accent makes everything sound more professional. Also, also, shout out Smitty and Jay. Like, it's just so good to be back in here. Like, all four of us. Like, all of us together. Like, you know, Matt and I, I love doing podcasts with Matt, but I also, I love being in here with the boys, man. Yeah, and man. we didn't even break out any alcohol today, so maybe... Just next, Red Bull. Maybe next time we'll uh, drink a half a bottle of whiskey and and have some really good takes before we sign off i do want to mention uh that if you've not seen or heard the news uh cfc will be making a massive women's team announcement on monday january the 31st at yeah. the moxie at 6 p.m great uh, and if you can be there you should be there uh i believe this is going to be league and branding i don't think we're in a position i have not seen or heard any 
any rumblings in the ether about about like coaching and stuff like that. But you never know. You never know. But I'm pretty sure it's just the league and branding. And uh, folks, it's getting real. I'm out of town, but I I will be. You bet, I, better I believe also, I will be. I also am out of town. But. <laughs> you you better believe I will be checking. Uh, I'll be checking the twitters. Well, boys, thank you. This was so fun, and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, Jay, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you and yell at you? Uh, at letter J on Instagram, also at section one hundred nine pod on Twitter and about Instagram, your TikTok? and then my TikTok is letter underscore J. I haven't been using it much. That's fair, Smitty. I, I just made a documentary about getting away from my phone, so I decided to do some of that. Atta boy, Smitty. What about you? I know it made me hungry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at a Smitty Nose. Matthew, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at I am Getting Glio, and you can find me on Twitter at Whiskey is Fine. And you can find me on the internet. Thanks, guys.